Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Theater of Football. I am Mike Hodum, and I am joined by Patrick Heinrich. Patrick, how was your weekend? It was great, Mike. Very relaxing. Now ready to start the week. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> um, well, it was very relaxing, and uh, what helped make it relaxing was the uh, unprecedented uh, uh, just pace of United getting a deal done um, and it was a player who I've said on this channel many times that I wanted us to sign and I fully expected us not to, but <laughs> we did it. Uh, Donnie Vandebeek from Ajax midfielder, um, 40 million pounds roughly is the fee. Uh, Patrick, how do you think he'll fit into uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's vision? Well, he is, uh, first of all, he's theater of football approved, so we'll just get that out of the way. Um, <laughs> I am very excited for this edition. Um, I know we've talked about it before. Um, I'm, you know, absolutely thrilled, A, that we got it done, B, that it's Donnie Vandebeek. So um, I'm really ecstatic about this, and I'm really looking forward to um, seeing how he's going to fit into the squad. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, just to give a little background, uh, heard nothing really about the player until um, it was his uh, club's friendly against Eintracht Frankfurt on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the manager left him out of the squad altogether. Um, then I believe after the match, he said he was asked about it, and he was like, "Well, the, the player's close to being transferred to another club." Huh. Um, I assumed. Uh, my pessimistic views that it was, Bar it was Barcelona or Real Madrid. Um, yeah. News quickly came out that soon thereafter that Barcelona were not interested in the player. So I'm like, okay, it's Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid did have an agreement in place pre-pandemic with Ajax, uh, and uh, all that needed to be all that needed to happen was basically the player needed to take a medical, from what I understand. Um, and with the pandemic. Uh, Europe going into lockdown, got put on the back burner. Uh, Real Madrid never went back in, and that's to our uh, benefit. Um, that's right. So, uh, yeah, Sunday, uh, it was quickly seen that it was us, in fact, that were the ones doing the negotiating. Um, and by Sunday night, uh, Ajax had accepted our, uh, our fee. And uh, to me, this was always a straightforward deal. Uh, yeah. So I thought it should have been done five weeks ago when the transfer window opened. <laughs> what do you think, Patrick? <laughs> Should we have just gotten this out of the way? I think so. I mean, without all this mucking around with Sancho, um, I think we probably could have gotten it done a lot earlier. <laughs> but you know how that all rolls. You, you start with one thing and um, spend and waste a lot of time on it and end up getting something better, in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think uh, Van de Beek might not have the 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 explosion that Sancho potentially brings, but for his price tag, oh yeah, uh, when you compare him to Grealish, who Villa slapped a price tag double, Grealish to me is a one-footed player, yep. plays with his right foot. You watch Van de Beek play; he's very much a two-footed player. I love my uh, players have play, being able to play with both feet. Um, I like two footed well, soccer players as well. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, I, I, 
I don't know. It, it's always funny watching professional footballers that can't do a dang thing with their weak <laughs> foot. But yeah. Um, anyway. And I should say, I should clarify, in a perfect world where everything free, Sancho obviously is a better player and yeah, it would have yeah. been better. <laughs> Van de Beek is the better deal and the better choice, the wiser choice, I should have said. Um, but yes, <laughs> just acknowledging in a perfect free world then that Sancho would have been great. <laughs> well, it it just doesn't make any sense to me that we would wait so long for the Vanderbeek. You get the Vanderbeek deal done early, and right. you just kind of everyone, the fan base, just kind of relaxes a little bit. Okay, we got one quality deal in um, for a good price, and we're working on other transfers. You know, you don't do it. You don't do anything concrete for five weeks, and everyone gets restless. Yeah, um, yeah. and. That's, I mean, that's the nature of the the beast. But you know, when you see Chelsea sign, you know, four or five players, it starts to weigh on you. Um, yeah, I always thought it was just they were trying to send the message that we are focusing and are very interested in Sancho. Should give them the appearance that they're, you know, really interested and therefore really to come to the table with a good offer. Um, and also that they haven't spent any of their transfer budget yet. So there's the potential for a good offer. So I thought that maybe that's what they were doing. Um, but I mean, you still could have done it earlier and still had the same offer on the table potentially. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't understand it. Uh, I think this only got done so, so quickly. And, and, and let me say that, he has it hasn't been officially announced by the club yet. However, um, with uh, the English government currently imposing, from what I understand, a 14-day uh, isolation period for everyone coming to the UK, um, they actually have a, a, a clause for uh, sporting uh, for, for athletes, um, where if you're traveling from so, for instance, uh, Bruno Fernandez, uh, he'll be away on Portugal duty. Uh, when, he comes, when, when he gets done and comes back to the club, he won't have to go into isolation because he was away on doing uh, uh, his job, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want to call it a loophole, but the government said that if you sign players before they play their final game, uh, for their country, uh, if you sign the player and have them registered for the club, that they do not have to go into an isolation period, which means they can come right in and start training with the club. Now, that could be a bad thing, potentially. <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Um, but right, let's just say that that's a positive, because uh, I, I feel like that kind of has spurred us into action. I could be wrong, but I feel like that was the, the kind of the, the, I don't know, light under the, the, the fire under the butt of, the, of Woodward and Matt Judge and the Glaciers to finally get something done where we can bring in a player mm -hmm. and then have him be available for the first game. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and I, I actually um, expect us to do another deal um, before – uh, the end of the the international 
um, games, which I didn't think I would say, but uh, but I do expect that. Um, but I, I want to before I kind of go into other deals, potential deals, other rumors that have come out today. Um, I just want to talk more about Vanderbeek because lots been said by pundits, um, media about how he'll fit in. Um, some have said that he is going to be a replacement, if you will, for Modic as a number six, maybe a, uh, as a holding midfielder, um, defensive midfielder, however you want to look at it. Um, others have said that they think that that means Pogba is on his way out, um, mm. that he's getting sold. Um, Patrick, how, how do you see him fitting into our lineup? Well, I always thought one of the most interesting things about um, Donny Van de Beek that I was really excited about, um, even you know beyond how he would fit into the starting, starting 11, is um, I always saw him and his – when he was playing his creativity and his style um, and his flair, you know, really reminded me a lot of Bruno. So I really thought that, you know, despite where he ends up um, in the starting 11, I always thought of, it was great to bring him in because he could be a potential replacement um, or a backup for Bruno Fernandez should he get injured or something like that happen. Because one thing that, you know, we've learned is, um, you know, having a, an excellent playmaker like Bruno Fernandez has really boosted our play style. So were something to happen to him or if he get injured or he has to miss games for Ill injury or illness or COVID or something like that, you know, we need to have somebody to the, to a similar caliber, not saying Donny Van de Beek is the same caliber, but to a similar degree of caliber of creative playmaker that can step in and take over that space. And I don't think we had it. Certainly don't have it right now. <laughs> so I think <laughs> Donnie Vandebeek is, a, is a, a fine replacement, in my opinion, were that to happen. So I think, you know, besides how he fits into the starting 11, I think that having him as kind of Bruno insurance, as we like to say, um, is, is a bonus in my book. Um, but, you know, I think that um, in how he fits into the squad, um, you know, I think he, my thoughts are that he could be brought into um, you know, have another quality starter so that we can also give some of the midfielders like Modic and Pogba a rest um, and still not, you know, suffer in our quality of play. Um, so I think that's probably, you know, in my opinion, one of the reasons to bring him in. It does really shed light, though, on a potential for potential future for Pogba on where he, um, you know, could end up. Um, but, you know, I think the other thought is, uh, that would come to mind is maybe there's, um, you know, always going to experiment with some new formations as another possibility. Yeah. Uh, and, and to that point, um, there was the Everton match in March where he played, a, a, well, essentially a 4-4-2, but it was a diamond in midfield where he had Modic at the base. He had Fred and McTominay on either side and he had Bruno up top. Pogba was still injured. Um, and you ha if Pogba's fit, you have Van de Beek, that diamond formation suddenly looks pretty good to me. And if you're playing with two up top, say it's Martial and Brashford or Martial and Greenwood, um, that 
is looking pretty pretty sexy to me. Yeah. Uh, it did not work that day at Everton, in my opinion. Um, had nothing against the the players the, that were there in their place. It was just it was a one off. He decided to experiment for whatever reason, even though at the time I thought what was what was going on was working. Um, but he decided to experiment, and I thought it backfired. But maybe he was experimenting with this in mind. I thought at the time maybe he was experimenting with the thought of Pogba coming back. Um, I think the the emergence of of Greenwood post uh, 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 lockdown yeah. allowed Ole to keep playing the four two three uh, four two three one for the most part. But um, I could see. If if that's something he wants to persist with, he could he could do that. I can also see us playing against you know teams in the bottom half of the table. Uh, I'm going to preface this: um, if we sign a pacey, strong, left-footed center back, left-sided center back, mm-hmm. I could see him playing Van de Beek, Pogba, and uh, uh, Bruno together mm-hmm. in the midfield without Modic. Yeah. Um, and, but I think you need that extra pace at the back because I don't think you can get away with that playing Maguire and Lindelof there. Nope. Nope. Um, Bai potentially could do that, but he has to stay healthy. And I think he needs a run of games to, to get back into, to get into to really good form too. Um, I think he has the capability to, to, to play that role, but you can't trust his uh, injury record. Yeah. Um, so that those are, I think, two things. And the news that came out today, I'm going to lead into, was that we are uh, supposedly interested in Dayot Opamecano, Red Bull Leipzig, 21-year-old defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really impressed in the uh, – uh, Champions League this season. I caught his match late in the year when uh, they played uh, Mainz in the in the Bundesliga, and he didn't really have to do much defending that day. But he he did. He was impressive with how he was bringing the ball out from the back and uh, some of the passes he was playing. Um, he could potentially be that target. And Ole seems to come out today, and it was a headline on ESPN. It was also in the Daily Mail. If it was in the Daily Mail, I wouldn't even bring it up. <laughs> yeah, right. It was on, it was on ESPNFC.com. And uh, for those of you not in America or not familiar with ESPN, ESPN is basically uh, uh, America's Sky Sports. And uh, they don't usually pick up stories that aren't from well-founded sources. Um, so that makes me think we are interested in him. The problem is, is that right at the start or right before the start of the transfer window, the player agreed a three-year extension, which included a roughly 40 million pound, uh, buyout clause, but that doesn't go into effect next summer. So it's essentially signed the contract. Now he had one year left on his previous deal, signed this contract now stay with the club this next season the next season the next if you have another good year then all the big clubs will come in and and put in a bid for you yeah um, i think it's actually smart for us to go in now and potentially offer 
20 million more mm -hmm. than that buyout clause next summer. Because if we go in next summer with that buyout clause, there's, I mean, hopefully this season goes well for us, but yeah. we're, we're in competition with, you know, it's United, City, because uh, I, I, I would think City's going to always be in, in constant need for a quality center back. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Liverpool could potentially raise the funds for that low of a buyout uh, clause. Um, and, uh, you know, Barcelona and Real Madrid may sort out their finances by then. PSG has the money, and he's a he's a French uh, player. He I think he just got his first call up to the national team as well. Mm -hmm. um, so he could be attracted to that. Juventus too has money. So um, there's no guarantee that we would be his first choice next summer. Yeah. So this is is something that's big to me because. If Ole signs Van de Beek and he's going to kind of forego a natural defensive midfield player like Modic is, or I think Fred's to me a more natural uh, defensive holding midfield player as well. Mm -hmm. um, if he's willing to forego that from his starting 11, he definitely needs to sign a quality uh, center back with pace. Uh, so, so yeah, what, what do you make of, of what I'm what I'm saying here. Do you think that these two do that there could be some truth to this this rumor? And do you think maybe it's just us barking down another, you know, blind alley or we should just hmm. stick to stick to uh, uh, maybe some easier targets? Yeah, well, I mean, to your point earlier about the, you know, quote unquote loophole uh, for COVID. Yes. Um, I would say nothing motivates like getting around government bureaucracy. So <laughs> I think it'd be great to know, great to see what happens. <laughs> I think we'll be definitely be, I agree, we'll be definitely making some decisions quickly um, if that's the case. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely see that kind of vision of, of what you laid out on um, you know, if we do go to that position in the midfield, you definitely need um, a quick center back um, to be able to support that. Um, and if without, you know, I feel like there would be some, you know, I mean, I guess there's always some sort of, you know, little drip of information about Pogba and his future. But, you know, if Pogba was going to be leaving, I feel like there could be some other signs out there that that was going to be the case. Um, so to me, um, the signing Van de Beek um, kind of it kind of leans more towards formation change, and I think um, that's that kind of signals to me that that's probably what you know Ole is going for, um, and um, you know it's especially with you know the additional um, person that we're hunting down there. So I mean I think I, I completely agree. I think it's you know conceptually something that makes sense yeah um and the i think you were kind of hinting at it the other player we were rumored with was tiago today yeah. um that we were potentially going to go in and sign him uh bayern reportedly want 30 million euros and he's free to go and the player has said he wants to move to the premier league mm -hmm. um it was always thought that Liverpool led the race, but apparently Liverpool don't have the funds and they don't see the value in signing a 29-year-old player uh, uh, for 30 million euros. Now, 
given his performances at the end of the, the Champions League and at the end of the, the Bundesliga season, I would disagree with that. Yeah. But, you know, they've, they've made some smart deals since Klopp's been uh, in charge. So, you know, you can't really – I'm not going to really second-guess them there. I yeah. think that rumor, to me, if we went after Tiago, then I might say – Pogba's on his way out the door. Yeah. But I feel like these rumors are being leaked out because Bayern are trying to get Liverpool to finally come in with an offer that meets their, their valuation. Um, and I don't think we're actually close to signing the play. I, I think we – we're interested bystanders, if you will. Right. Like, I'm sure always an admirer of the player. I don't know right. anybody who wouldn't be an admirer of the player. Right. Good player. Um, yeah. But, but I, I just don't think we're after signing Van de Beek. I don't think our next signing is going to be another midfielder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I just don't. Another older midfielder. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. It kind of goes against. Ole's recruitment um, since he's taken charge, right. uh, with, with exception to the Igalo loan deal. Um, well, that was but, a band-aid. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't see us, I don't see us getting, uh, I don't see, a, I don't see that happening. Um, the player I admire, and I'm not going to say, oh, he's going to be terrible at Liverpool just because I don't like Liverpool. I think he'd go to Liverpool and 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 kick butt there but um i think it's just uh, our name being brought in again to get the club uh, a deal over the line um i will say this about klopp though uh chelsea came in with concrete interest for another red bull leipzig player uh, like opamecano um and uh, timo Werner, um and liverpool didn't panic and say oh we're going to meet this clause. No, they said, no, we're not going to pay the release clause. We don't have the money. They stuck to their guns and let them go to Chelsea. So yeah. I don't think us coming in, even if it's, even if it's concrete, I don't think that's going to spring Liverpool into action. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like uh, pulling the levers that you have access to. <laughs> What's one of the levers to get Liverpool to jump? Oh, Manchester United's interested in it. We have this concrete deal. <laughs> That's just one of what's just one of the one of the things to do to see if what you can do is to leak something to the press about a potential deal with Man United as a, a lever and see if they jump and if they don't jump then it's like well on to the next thing. <laughs> you got the you got the new contract potentially getting signed lever right and then right next to it is the Manchester United lever. Yeah, it's the red and gold one. You can't miss it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Um, that just seems to be what uh, every club does now. Um, but, uh, Jesus, especially during this transfer period. My God. <laughs> yeah, it's been quite a headache. Um, yeah, but the, d despite those two rumors coming out today, bits of news, I don't know. Um, nothing really new on Jaden Sancho. So don't know uh, what's, what's happening there. Some fans see, still seem convinced he's headed united i'm not so convinced uh i think if it does get done it'll be like right at the beginning of october um 
And I, and I think if, if we can't get something, if, if we don't get it done this week, at this point, there's, there's no hurry given, I think, the, the imposed lockdown. If you can get it done before he plays that second game for England, yeah. um, then great. He'll be available for that first game. But at that point, he's going to miss games no matter. He's going to miss the start of the year. Yeah. Um, and that's that, – that, yeah. So you might as well try to focus maybe on some domestic targets at that point. Yeah. Um, which doesn't look like it'll be Grealish. Uh, one final point sorry one final point on our midfield um apparently Galatasaray has come to United with a bid to take Fred on loan and we turned them down but they're supposedly coming back with the second bid so that could potentially be the move that gives us space for Van de Beek and or Thiago um I don't know. I would hate to see that happening. Uh, Fred just came off his second year. I thought he played considerably. He improved considerably from his first yeah. year. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. Uh, he, he started the, that, that, the, the semifinal in the Europa League, and I thought he was one of our best players in that game. And so that would be kind of – that would be a bit, bit of a disappointment um, if, if he was to, to leave, I think. Yeah. Once once he finally seemed like he was starting to figure things out at the club, you know, he gets sent out on loan to to Turkey. That wouldn't really send him a good message. But um, uh, that's another little bit that could potentially spice up the midfield, or yeah, if you will. Yeah, I thought he found his pace in the uh, semifinals Champions League game. I thought he did really well that game. So it would, like you said, be a shame to lose him. He, he he didn't play very well, but he didn't get the most of opportunities because Ole was not going to rotate his squad. Um, he played also in the semifinal against Chelsea. Yeah. And uh, I don't think he was that bad there. I thought he was one of our better players, even though on the whole we were crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that's really saying anything because overall he was one of our better players, but he still wasn't that good in that game. Um, but if everybody else is crap, it's really hard to to do anything. Yeah. Well, I, it just, you know, one of the other rumors that I hear about, and, you know, I really hope Jeremy is listening to this because um, I've, I've heard that uh, Galatasaray recently came into a lot of money. So they're going to uh, give us 200 million pounds for Fred, which gives us two years of salary for Messi. So that's perfect. Ends up, ends up working out really well. Yeah, I mean, at, the, at this point, my ideal transfer window would be we got Van de Beek. That was number one. If we can get Opamecano, that would be number two. Yep. If we can get the Messi deal over the line finally. <laughs> exactly. I'd rate that transfer window 10 out of 10. Solid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Jeremy just texted me. He said he loves that idea. Does he? <laughs> funny it's funny my phone's silent okay <laughs> he's 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 uh yes he's he's just communicating with you he, i'm sure he feels like this was all my doing um, <laughs> uh but no you know, we don't really need me- we, well you know, we, i don't think we want messy that's just nope. a headache we don't need um yeah. and we could get into all the developments 
that have happened since we talked about them last week. Uh, but uh, I believe uh, we do not have time for that. Nobody has time for that. In fact, I think we're all out of time. Um, the curtain is now closing on the theater of football. Um, thank you, Patrick, as always, for, for, for yep. joining me. Um, for, uh, for Patrick, I'm Mike. Uh, let us know what you think on uh, Twitter, at Theater of Football. And uh, until next time, take care. Cheers, everyone.